Hey everyone, it's Aspen Luzier. Before my husband jumps on board with the Brenton on Tour coffee podcast, I'd love to take a moment and talk a little bit about Rebel for a Change. Let's just start off the conversation by saying addiction doesn't stop because we're silent. Rebel for a Change is a nonprofit movement which empowers individuals walking alongside their loved ones battling addiction to break the silence and find community. I mean, that's huge, right? Think about the individuals who are actually suffering with substance abuse. You hear so much about their journeys, so much about their recovery, but what about their support system? What about their family members? What about me? What about even possibly you? There are so many of us who've been living in silence for far too long, and we suffer right alongside of them. So the mission of Rebel is to amplify this conversation, to allow others to realize they're not alone loving somebody in active addiction and towards recovery. But taking this conversation a bit deeper, Rebel's been given the opportunity to launch a platform in early 2020, which will allow individuals to connect with a champion who can help them along their journey and what this journey looks like and to better understand it so they don't lose sight of themselves while trying to help their loved one. If you want to hear more about what we do and how you can get involved, head over to our website, rebelforachange.com. Okay, now settle in, pour a cup of your favorite coffee, and enjoy my husband, Ray Luzier, and his buddy, Brent Fitz, on the Brenton on Tour podcast. Oh, well, I guess I can't treat coffee late at night. It keeps me up. You're listening to the Brenton on Tour Coffee Cast, brought to you by things that make coffee, people who make coffee, people who love coffee, and maybe just coffee. You have no idea who he is, but he's on the search for the best coffee in the world. So pour a cup, grab a seat on the john, and maybe, just maybe, you'll stop drinking shitty coffee. It's the Brenton on Tour Coffee Cast with your host, that guy you don't know. Here's BD. You know, I've touched on it a few times in the podcast, but I'm only you know, a year and a half in. So I was one of those coffee assholes that never had coffee before, (laughs) which, you know, I listed in that first article I wrote about which coffee asshole are you? That question is for both of you. Which coffee asshole are you? Are you the coffee (laughs) snob or are you just like, what, you know, what would you deem yourself as a coffee uh, connoisseur? An Uh, asshole. What kind of asshole do you think you are? uh, Go ahead, Fitz. (laughs) <laughs> well, I'll, I will say this only because when I um, when I look back at all the years of enjoying coffee, I started drinking instant coffee and I graduated to brewed coffee to, you know, st- but lots of milk and lots of sugar. And then when Starbucks showed up in my life, I was still drinking, you know, latte sugary drinks. And then, you know, fast forward to many years later and, and I'm drinking espresso and little cortados with no um, no sugar and enjoying, you know, coffee for its purity. But when I go over the border to Canada, to my homeland, I'm sorry, but I turn into like, it just gets dumbed down and I have, I have to order. And I'm, I'm sadly, I'll be promoting Tim Horton's double, double because it's a brewed <laughs> coffee full of milk and sugar. And I just can't not drink it. And it may be my mom, will, it, my mom will be a big proponent of what you just said. So yeah. <laughs> and it's bad because, you know, there's so many great coffee shops, but I, I'm okay with it. So I'm, I'm not a snob. I, I enjoy coffee. So I, I enjoy as many great, you know, proper drinks with good beans and everything, but I'll also enjoy coffee 
in its in its form that it got me to where I am today, which is you know some milk and sugar. Not very often, but I do slip, and I'll I'll have that. So I I don't think that's a snob. No, <laughs> but, no. Ray, Ray, does that mean that you go to Dunkin' Donuts, or are you kind of like nah, man? You know what? <laughs> uh, because of my wife, my lo- wife loves it. She'll go get an iced coffee at Dunkin' Donuts. I'm like, what are you doing? She's like, try this. I'm like. You know what? It's not that bad. So every <laughs> once in a while, I'll, I will get a dark roast at, at Dunkin' Donuts in the airport. If well, I, if it's as convenient. long as you're, you know, whatever yeah. anyone, it's everyone's individual thing. So it doesn't really matter where they get it as long yeah. as uh, as long as they're drinking it, which is uh, yeah. which is the key thing here. And I'm not uh, I'm not by any means a, 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 a snob. I'm, I'm kind of like Fitz. I, I don't I don't really um, I will go back and I will. I love good, great coffee. Trust me, like I, I will search long, long and, and high for it. But there's sometimes you just need to have it. And I'll pop in a Keurig, you know, we, we finally got rid of our Keurig machine, but we did have one. At, our house was pretty ridiculous because if you, we have this brand new house in Franklin, Tennessee, and it's like, you're, I don't know if people know this area, like everything's like high ceilings and there's just these big, weird rooms everywhere. Just people have like a lot of rooms here. So there's this this hallway that I designated with to coffee and wine only. So, and when you go in this, yeah, you, you, there's literally three sizes of French presses sitting there. There's a Chemex uh, glass vase that's sitting there. There's a Keurig. <laughs> there's a Mr. Coffee. There's a, I don't even know what this thing is. I don't even know. I should take a picture and send it to you guys. You probably know. Uh, Maybe it's a what, coffee siphon. It is some kind of siphon, some kind of thing. Where because if it if it if it needs like a Bunsen burner thing on the bottom, that's uh, what. Yeah, needs- because yes, because uh, Gersey was telling me, but he has one at his place. Did, did yeah. you see that, darling? Did you see it? Yeah, he told me about it. I haven't seen it yet. But my real question is, how far away is uh, Franklin, Tennessee, from Jacksonville, Florida? Because I'm about to get on a plane. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, think, you're always invited. I think, you have a, I think you got a siphon at your house. That thing looks like a meth lab, but it's it's a great blend of like you know maybe a stove top version and uh like an italian stovetop and a and a french press i think you know it's pretty smooth when uh i might be you know i think i'm speaking right about how how um a, a, a siphon uh you know brews and, and tastes but uh but if you have one of those you should you should get on that that's a well, that's you, great too you kind of nailed it the latter part of your what you were saying about the um old um percolator thing because there's a little thing that shoots up and it it it's like the old school. I remember my, my parents when I was growing up had one of these on the stove where you boiled the water and it shot the coffee through the top. It's got that vibe to it as well. So um yeah, that's gotta- that's a perfect uh version too. But it's just I always say for the when you wake up in the morning you're half asleep, all and all you have to do is uh, boil a kettle and put some beans in a in a French press. Like that's the easiest, fastest way to get yourself up and running for a good cup of coffee. And uh, but the the Italian stovetop version, I think, uh, flavor wise, is one notch up from that. And but that's a little more prep time. So sometimes I'm like, I if I want to shave five minutes off that, and I want to get into it quick, I do the French press. And the worst thing you can do is because within a minute you're drinking coffee is the Keurig, and that's the lure to the Keurig. I think is the <laughs> convenience of oh, I just press the button and I have a coffee. Absolutely. But, the experience is not there for me. Not at all. Not the, the best part about this chat, gents, is that it's going to go out and people are like, oh, man, Ray and Fitz. And they're going to be on there talking about cymbals and snare drums and <laughs> kick drums. And what are they using for a pedal? And they're like, what the hell are they talking about right now? I don't even drink coffee. So to our listeners tuning in for Drummer Talk, 
that'll be on Fitz's podcast. So <laughs> that's going to be on the Drummond with Fitz podcast, I guess, because we're talking coffee here, friends. He's like 14 inch hi hats are better. No, 15 inch hi hats are better. No, yeah, none yeah. of that. Well, no, it's uh, it's going from there. So both of you have new records out. Ray, you've got two that dropped on the same day. Same day. And, uh, and on the same day, Fitzy just put out the new Tuke record and just finished up the cycle with Slash. So um, let's go. Let's go with this. Ray, talk a little bit about uh, the brand new Corn record, the brand new KXM record. Uh, yeah. And then uh, and then how that was uh, how all came together and and some of your uh, favorite bits about that. Yeah, su- super proud of um, it's called The Nothing, and it's out right now in all formats. And Nick Raskulinix, who I'm a huge fan of, he did our last record, Serenity of Suffering, as well. He's a, just a passionate mofo. That guy, you know, he's rocking out with a broomstick while I'm doing drum tracks, and just he's – I love the guy, man. He's just – you know, a lot of producers walk in with their white khaki pants, and they sit down with their clipboards, and they're – you know, it's just – he's a, he's a fan, you know. He's a huge fan of – he wants, uh, there's a reason why the last three Allison Chains, the last two Deftones, the last two Rush, all, he's done so many records in it. I remember listening to the new Allison Chains when it first came out with um, William singing and going, wow, this sounds amazing. And produced by Nick Raskulinix. Then I heard Snakes and Arrows Rush album. I'm like, wow, this sounds so fresh. And just, and I looked down, Nick Raskulinix. So there's a, something about that dude, you know, we, we just really jive with him well. And um, so Really stoked to have him back on board. Um, uh, everyone knows that Jonathan Davis went through a really traumatic time. We all did last year with the passing of his wife. So it's a very heavy vocal record. Um, of course, there's tons of emotion, and it's just it's it's emotionally draining, but in a great way. Um, he, he he really I've never heard the guy sound so good on any corn record, in my opinion. You know, um, and so just if you mix all those emotions with Good vibes. We didn't rush anything this time. We really took our time. Um, lived with stuff. Come back a couple of weeks later. You know, had twenty five tunes and shaved it down to thirteen, which is, as you know, fits. It's it's rough sometimes. You get married to these songs, and and uh, oh gosh, yeah. you don't want to can anything. You're like, you can't, you can't get rid of that. That's amazing. But maybe someone in a band wasn't feeling it or wasn't jiving. So, um, so I'm really super stoked on the new corn um, KXM's. Pe- pe- People that don't know, it's George Lynch, the famous guitar player from Dokken and Lynch Mob and a ton of other. He's just one of those guitar heroes from back in the day. He still sounds better than ever. Um, Doug Pinnock from the band King's X. I'm always a huge fan of uh, like super heavy riffs with beautiful melodies and harmonies over top of it. And King's X, in my opinion, should have been bigger than the Beatles, but that's just me. Um, and I always said before I died, I wanted to be in a band with Doug. And here we are on our third record with Lynch. And we just have a really good time. Um we haven't done any live shows yet. We're threatening to do some soon um, on this next break. So we're trying to put it together. But um, uh, everyone ch- we did a ton of like really funny, crazy videos. So if you go on YouTube, just type in KXM and uh, check out the new corn videos as well. Oh, the record sounds really great, man. And it was a pleasure being out there on tour with you, watching you play these songs every night. And it was a... Um you know, just the energy that was coming around the release of a new album and being out there on tour. And it's kind of interesting because, well, it's very interesting, not kind of the fact that it was an Alice in Chains corn tour and everyone was a fan of everyone. That doesn't always happen. Under Oath was on it. We had some, you know, fever. We had uh, horror on it. We had so many bands and everyone was a fan of everyone. And that's a yeah. rare occasion <laughs> when that happens. But it was, you know, Ray, Brent, uh, Ray was out, uh, you know, watching Alice in Chains every single night. I, that's the only, and you know, that's the only tour I've ever done that with. I mean, because you know, let's face it, even the, you know, from Slipknot to 
to disturb to zombie whoever we're on the road with we're all buddies and we all respect each other's music and we, we like each other but after a while you're like okay i said this is the part of the show when they do this this is the part okay i'm gonna go to my bus now and i'm gonna you know it's it's you kind of get not that you're over it you're just it's the same thing every night and uh but but in these new towns obviously as you know fits you're, you're playing for these people that may have never seen you before so you got to give it all you got um but there was something about chains man that i just couldn't resist watching at least four to five tunes i'd go to front of house and watch on ken trail side I'd, i just i had to had to watch them you know yeah it was a real pleasure to be a part of that and uh, see that every single night fitzy you just finished up the slash cycle or at least for now i'm sure you guys are going to play a thousand more shows coming up and uh, the new two record what's going on there with both well what's great is we never um say that you know from i just played a whole year with slash and then uh, our singer, Miles Kennedy, is off to do his other band, Alter Bridge, and Slash is doing his other little band, Guns N' Roses, <laughs> and then my other little band with Todd Kearns from the Slash band, uh, which we appropriately call in a very Canadian way, Took, um, has, you know, stuff going on too. So we never, we just kind of, we all never say bye. We're just like, oh, see you in a little bit when everybody goes and does their other bands. And it, it's almost like the new norm is to have a couple um outlets to be you know expressive as a musician and and ray you have a couple bands and sometimes having that always going on is always keeps things fresh and keeps your playing up and your chops and and i love you know having various set lists in my head that i i you know put into the forefront and then you delete it for the next oh i'm doing another gig with this band and and Mm -hmm. i like you know having the variety so after being out with uh, with Slash on that that last our last record, uh, Living the Dream and the Living the Dream tour, um, I went right into the Took mode, which is I switched instruments and I went from you know drumming around the world to now I'm I'm on bass and it's a whole different animal, but it's great. And you know we put a new record out, we slipped that into the into the you know after the the Slash tour ended, we we had been we actually made a record. Around the same time, we were doing the Slash record, and we just found a little bit of time in between recording in L.A. because, you know, it's very consuming to make a record. As you know, Ray, you know, you're you're putting a lot of, you know, mental time into, you know, making something great that's going to last, you know, a lifetime making a recording. So, sure. you know, we spent so much time on the Slash record, and then we we still put some time in here and there to, well, let's finish up. You know, we have some time to do some Took stuff, and, and every little chance we had to record, we did until we had a, a full record. And uh, so we just thought, well, we'll wait until the end of the slash cycle and we'll have some time and we'll, we'll, we'll focus back on that. So that's exactly what happened. Uh, my eye fell apart. I had a detached retina. I had to cut the tour early myself. But soon, as soon as I was functioning again, we went out and did a, a CD release a couple of weeks ago in Canada for the album. And we put out a, a, a new sing like a, an original song, because the band actually came out as a fun more of more or less, we did it just, uh, it was a bunch of us from different bands. Our friend Corey Churko, who's actually Shania Twain's musical director for over 20 years. We all grew up in the same small cities up in Canada. Uh, and, and Shane Gallus, as you know, our drummer, is from Alberta. And we all ended up in the States. We ended up in California and Vegas. And we just, for fun, put a band together. Sometimes you just do it because you're like, well, I, I love these guys. I want to put music. Just like... I'm so jealous that Ray has a band with Doug Pinnock because Doug is one of my favorite musicians of all time. I think I bowed to him once when I met him. Uh, And we did the Kiss Cruise a few years back with King's X. And what's funny is the entire boat, including the Kiss members, everybody watched 
King's X. And I was mm-hmm. playing with Brad Whitford from Aerosmith at the time on the boat. And we all just like were in awe of Doug. So, you know, <laughs> those are the kind of people you want to put bands together with. So, yeah, my, my Tuke band is a fun band with my best friends and my favorite musicians. And so uh, so we have a new single and a new video and it's it's an original song. So it's the first time we did that. And and uh, we're just having, you know, a good time putting out new music. And it's just great to have uh, I, I could honestly say I'm doing the best at what I'm supposed to be doing, which is, you know, make music and make a living and have fun. I'm doing it now. You know, I never, you know, 20 years ago, I met Ray, we met each other, or maybe you don't remember, but I, I think I saw you play with Eric Sardinas at the NAM show. Does that sound right? In 96, were you playing with Eric Sardinas? I, um, you know, I never played with him. Um, okay, no, it wasn't Eric, but he was on a stage and then might, you played yeah. with somebody else, yes. either Sun Red Sun or something. It, it was Billy Sheehan. And, it was um, Billy, yes, to, yes, yep. yes. Yeah. Okay. So I saw you in the Hilton or something mm-hmm. play. Does that sound right? But anyway, I just remember there was a bunch of musicians. I was like, uh, it was sensory overload for me seeing, uh, uh, you know, I went to the NAM. That was my first time there in 96 and I had never even been to California, but uh, I saw you play then. And, uh, and I, I just think now to all these years doing this, playing music. And uh, I, th- I think I'm, I'm doing the, my best work now, you know, like, you know, really. you know, I was, th- as you're talking, I'm, I'm starting to think and going like, how lucky are we to still be doing this for a living? And you know what I mean? There's a lot of, I have virtuoso guitar player buddies working at, you know, jobs they really don't want to do. And it's, I, I'm listening to your story and I'm like, man, you're, you're so awesome and lucky to be able to do this. And as, as, as am I, you know, and, um, it's, it's an awesome thing to still be, I, I remember when I turned 40, I'm like, Oh, crap now what am I going to do and now I'm 49 and I feel the same way that's these last two records I just put out are some of my best I think probably the best work you know and that's a that's a great feeling we're both the same age so we both probably have a lot of the same influences the same career path of you know small town kids you kind of like graduate you from playing in local bands to you know and then you know both of us had the the naivety and which I think is a bit, you know, like ballsy to go to LA, go to the big city and, and try your, you know, get, get into a bigger pool of, of talented musicians to, to like, you know, sort of put you in your place and, but oh, man. you and get you out of your comfort zone. And, and uh, like I said, I, when I first saw you, I, I had never been to LA and, and I was like, who is this guy? You know? And it was like, <laughs> kind of like, you know, inspiring and in, in, influential. I was like, wow, there's a lot of great drummers around here in LA. So who's this Amish pig farmer? <laughs> no, man. It was like right away. I knew I got, I better get my, my chops up. And, and, you know, it's cool that you went to school and you went to M, you were like you were, well, you went to school and taught, correct? Well, that was, you know, there was an excuse. I mean, I, I grew up on a 118 acre farm in the middle of nowhere outside of Pittsburgh, small town. So you were supposed to be a farmer. Well, I mean, dude, if I, my guitar player at that time, had he not talked me out of it, I probably, who knows? My sister owns a 300 animal zoo in Smithton, Pennsylvania. I might be working at that zoo right now if it hadn't been for him. Cause you never know. It's like, he's, he's like, dude, we got to go to LA. And I'm like, we're 18. Let's, we live in Pittsburgh. Let's just go to New York. It's right here. It's like, no, man, everybody's doing it in LA. We need to get out there. Well, the the big excuse was, is like, let's go to MI. You know, I, I have a ton to learn. I know that I was just a rock metal head playing the kiss records and Aussie growing up, you know, it's like I needed to learn. So moved out there and man, I got my ass kicked. Cause I thought I, I thought I was kind of hot shit off the farm and uh, little I know I knew nothing. <laughs> I had a good heart and spirit about it. But when I went to MI, I was like, man, I don't know what jazz is and Latin and 
I've still struggled with a lot of, you know, you never really get that stuff down. You just learn more and build your vocabulary. But they didn't have a rock program and I was always bitching about it. So they called me in about two years later and said, if you write a rock curriculum, we'll hire you for uh, to, to teach here. So that's how the whole thing went. I was like, I'm I'm 22. I'm not going to teach at some music school. And But I wrote some really basic rock classes and that three hours led to 33 hours. And then, but then I started touring too much with Jakey Lee and David Lee Roth and I, the sub was there more than me. So I just ended up stopping, you know. Yeah, that's so cool. Let's let's remember you played with David Lee Roth. Come on, that's right. For, that's that's right. First, let me tell you something, Fitz. Me keep it up, man. Your career's gonna be okay, buddy. Oh man, I mean yeah. Van Halen, Kiss. Those were like basically my two bands from the late seventies. The first Van Halen record, right through. To, I mean, I the first like I saw the eighty four tour, and I remember I was just like I was the very back last seat in the place, and I was. 14 years old when I saw that tour. But when Dave came out and did the splits, I mean, I just was like, that was life changing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, it's, it's surreal to me because he's been hanging on my, that poster of him from the us festival has been hanging on my wall since I was probably 12 or 13. And then, you know, being, you know, I just remember sitting in my underwear on the farm trying to play hot for teacher going like, why can't right. I play this? And then, then, and then next thing you know, I'm in the band opening with it every night with David Lee Roth. And there wasn't one night that went by that I didn't look out and go, that's freaking David Lee Roth. Like, Dude, it's you like, just careful what you wish for. Wow. You don't get used to that, man. And that was 97 to 05. I was in the eight years, you know, it was crazy. That's where I first met you, right? It was in uh, Casino Rama, Aurelia, Ontario, Canada. Yeah, David Lee Roth was. Uh, I think we have a mutual friend, uh, Darren from the Salads out of uh, Toronto. Nice. So um, we, uh, yeah, that was a an experience that night too. And and uh, I don't, I, you're, I don't know if David Lee Roth ever walked off stage with you. I know Fitzy, you played with uh, Vince Neil a lot, and he used to do that. So that was actually a show where David played the whole show. I was pretty excited about that <laughs> at the time. But um, Hey, Dave's doing a residency here in Vegas. I'm pretty excited. I heard about he that. Is. Are, are Everybody's playing, doing a residency in Vegas. Maybe, are you maybe. playing drums for that, Fitz? Uh, <laughs> no, but, you know, if my phone rings, I might have to uh, at least entertain the call. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for uh, the time, gents. We're rolling here. Ray, I know you got to get on to your thing. You're heading off to Japan. Um, so I just wanted to, uh, say, Hey fellas, thanks. You got, uh, two Brents and a Ray, all of us on a different journey, but it's all kind of collectively the same. You guys doing some of your best work now. I'm, uh, you're, we're all on here talking coffee and rock and I'm launching a brand new podcast and I can't thank you enough for helping me be a part of that and sort of exploring that world. Coffee has become this connector in life. Uh, and Fitzy, you like to connect the dots and you've been connecting the, the dots on coffee for as long as I've known you. And, and one of the first things you told me when I was going to go out on that corn Alice in Chains tour was like, Oh, Ray, make sure you meet Ray. Great guy. Loves coffee. And that sort of, <laughs> that sort of started the, the whole train and here we are. So before I let you guys get out of here, uh, one last bit on the socials, tell me where everyone can find you and, uh, and we'll get going. Uh, well, mine's, uh, Ray Luzier corn, um, uh, on Instagram, uh, Ray Luzier one on Twitter, and uh, does have a fan page, Ray Luzier on Facebook. Awesome, Fitzy. Yeah, I'm all. I'm I'm not hidden. I'm on Instagram as myself. I'm on Facebook as myself, and um, Brentfitz.com. Aren't we all dot com? We are. Uh, <laughs> and TukeRocks.ca. There you go. Nice. KXM Corn Tuke Slash Rock, whatever it is, and coffee. David Lee Rock. So David much. Lee Rock. 
There was so much content between my two guests uh, this week, and this conversation, I'm sure, could continue for two more hours. Oh, yeah. But uh, my friends, I can't thank you enough for the time. Thanks for and, having us. Uh, yeah, and uh, hopefully we'll all get together at a cafe. Actually, I'm not even going to go. We're not going to a cafe. We're coming to Franklin, and we're coming yeah, in. Gonna, we're coming into we're your cafe, that, Ray. <laughs> we're going to fire up your Chemex and the uh, and the. Um, well, yeah, just whatever you got for us, we're coming over. Bring, Let's we'll do bring it. some beans. <laughs> we, need a, we need a corn show, uh, corn slash show in Tennessee with the pre-coffee party at Ray's house. Sounds, Sounds great. Sounds like it's on. Thank you, gentlemen, for the time. Here's some brand new KXM. Here's some brand new Tuke. Thanks for joining me this week on the Brenton on Tour podcast. Thank you. Great conversation, guys. Thanks. Talk to yeah. you soon. Cool bloom. And that's a wrap. Part two in the books, episode nine, which means episode 10 next week. Huge thanks to Ray and Brent for giving me the time to chat rock, music, touring, coffee, all the great stuff. Make sure you follow them all online. New albums from KXM, Tuke, Corn. Check out some Slash with Miles Kennedy and the Conspirators. Great stuff, all of it. Huge thanks to Aspen. Ray's wife for jumping on board at the beginning of these two episodes to talk about her cause, Rebel for a Change. Make sure you check that out online as well. Episode 10, next week. Last chance to win yourself a brand new Leverpresso from Leverpresso.com. Like, share, join me everywhere. The road to 1,000 subscribers continues. Thanks, friends. Hi, I'm Emily Roger. And I host a leadership show called The Boiling Point with my co-host, Dave Vale. Together, we sit down with trailblazing entrepreneurs, thought leaders, and movement makers who are driving meaningful change in our world. The show is all about exploring the lives and perspectives of leaders who are making a difference. Join us for insightful conversations that challenge the status quo, spark new ideas, and inspire you to take action. Find us on Apple, Spotify, YouTube, or at BoilingPointPodcast.com. I'm Jeff Woods, and I'm shining a light on music and the rock stars who make it. He just was one of those people, he, he stood out. He was a magic guy. He really was a magic guy. All, we all have force. He had the same amount of force as we all have. This was before Led Zeppelin. Robert was full on. I mean, he was Led Zeppelin without the band behind him. He had the hair, the jeans, the whole thing, you know. And he was amazing. The Records and Rockstars podcast, heard around the world and yours to hear wherever you get podcasts. All the episodes from jeffwoodsradio.com.